Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. Truly, we appreciate everyone who is here. Next Saturday, going to be a great time. Saturday at 7 o'clock, we're going to be having Brother George Scott with us, and we're going to have a time. And uh, he'll be with us Saturday night at 7, and Sunday morning at 11 a.m. No Sunday school next Sunday, so keep that in mind. We start at 11, and Brother Scott will be here for that service, and then a dinner following. Uh, the back podium has the list for the dinner. So if you want to sign up for something, make sure you look at the back podium before you leave. And then we're going to have our homecoming service coming up Saturday, October 21st, 7 p.m. Sunday, or let me back up. That's Friday, November the 17th at 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Maupin, also followed by a dinner. So we're having two dinners back-to-back. Also, CAC Trunk or Treats coming up. That'll be the last day in October, and that's on a Tuesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. We come. We decorate our trunks in biblical themes, and we don't uh, dress up as any goblins or any witches or anything like that. We want to try to present to our community uh, Jesus, and the only way we can do that is to behave like Christians. And so we're going to dress like Christians, behave like Christians, put on a put on a little bit of a. This is our little bit of a program we put on every year, so that we can present to our community. Uh, the stories of the Bible, the stories of the Bible. So uh, our Christmas program is coming up Sunday, December the 10th at 6 p.m. And then to round everything out, close out the year, we have our New Year's Eve celebration. And we will be here from 9 p.m. to midnight. And that is Sunday, December the 31st. So I'm looking forward to all of these services next weekend. Brother Scott going to be with us. It's going to be a great time. Invite your family. Invite your friends. Let them come to the house of the Lord so that they can... Uh, feel the power of God. Uh, Brother Adam uh, Lane, uh, he came Wednesday night, went to the altar Wednesday night, and we baptized him Wednesday night. Amen? So we are looking forward to the Lord doing some great things. I think that's six people that have been baptized just here lately. Uh, we're in revival. If you ever want to know what revival is, this is it. And... Uh, we better be in revival because with everything going on in Israel, uh, we know that now the ground offensive, if it, if it hasn't already started, it will be starting. And they literally said, uh, Netanyahu literally said, there would not be one Hamas left, not one. So they're going to go through that city. They're going to level it. They're going to wipe out everybody. They gave everybody warning to get out. But, you know, 24 hours warning... Somebody told you to pack up and get out in 24 hours. Well, I'd pack lightly, and I'd get out because they mean what they say. And uh, if you think maybe they shouldn't do that, and we're living in such a world that's questioning that, you know, they're saying that, uh, that uh, Hezbollah didn't, uh, uh, you know, or Hamas didn't behead any of those babies and didn't kill anybody and didn't rape any women and all this. And 
the college and university kids are being brainwashed into thinking this is just a fabricated story so Israel can go in and get the Gaza Strip back. Now, people are in universities and they're supposed to be learning stuff instead of getting more dumber. But uh, they are getting more dumber because they're being indoctrinated by the, uh, the world today that is so woke that they uh, say everything that is right is wrong. And, and the Bible doesn't told us about that, right? It said good's going to be called evil and evil's going to be called good. Uh, you know, there's going to be uh, people turn against their father, their mother, sister, brother. It's just a terrible time. But we know the Lord's coming. And that's why I believe Brother Adam went to the altar. I believe that's why we're here this morning. I believe that's why we're going to give the Lord all the praise and all the glory. So uh, keep those uh, things in mind and invite people to come and be a part of that. We also have several prayer requests. I'll just mention these that we have on the back of the bulletins. Of course, the full uh, list you should have received in your emails. Sharon and Marvin Dunn, Paula Rowe, Reggie Joe Dotson, Sister Pam Bartley came through her surgery but still is in the recovery phase. So it's going to take her a little while uh, to get back to her old self. Uh, Charles Wolford, Nicole Smith, Kaisley Hinkle, Luna McClanahan, Macon, Israel, of course, uh, Renee Stiltner, uh, Sheila Spartman, Kevin Smith, uh, Aline Wallace. And uh, so let's remember all of those. And if you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we study the word of the Lord. So let's pray right now. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here this morning together with your great people to worship you, to study your word, and to know that if we have needs, they can be met this morning. Every need according to your riches and glory. I'm thankful, Lord, for Brother Adam. I'm thankful, Lord, for those that are here this morning. I'm thankful, Lord, for the six that have been baptized here lately. I'm thankful, Lord, for revival that's breaking out in this area. Lord, I pray that you would continue to draw. We will plant. We will water. But, Lord, you're going to give the increase. And we ask for your blessings upon Israel that you will protect and bring peace to Jerusalem. Protect all of the IDF forces and protect all of the innocent people. Lord, I pray that you would just show your people right now in your word how that you have already told us these things are coming to pass help us to be ready for we know that in such an hour as we think not you're coming and Lord we want to look for you because we know you will appear and Lord we love you we praise you this morning and we give you that glory in Jesus mighty name amen amen let's give the Lord one more mighty hand clap and um, you may be seated. I'm not going to ask you to stand for the Sunday school uh, reading uh, because um, we want to go to Matthew, of course, Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 16, but we'll probably pause in between uh, some of those because we want to uh, kind of discuss some stuff as we go through this lesson. And um, looking at Matthew, of course, uh, Matthew uh, contains a lot of parables. Uh, it contains uh, some things that uh, is, is, 
I guess we could explain parables as being a natural uh, event that is showing us something spiritual. So something we can relate to. Everybody can relate to uh, laborers going out and digging in a garden, right? Somebody's got to hold the corn. Somebody's got to hold the potatoes, and somebody's got to do all that. So with that said, we find that uh, Matthew is giving us, and Jesus is giving us, uh, the parables that we've been studying lately. And we want to study today the parable of the laborers. So the parable of the laborers, and we want to begin at verse number 1. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, now a lot of people think a penny isn't much, right? If I say I want you to work all day for me and here's a penny, you're going to look at me and say, nah. But this penny is not representing a penny. It's representing a day's wage. So that could be anything from... $50 to $100, $200, according to what kind of job you got and who's paying you. But uh, that's what that represents. So a penny a day, and he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And notice what he says, whatever is right, that's what I'll give you. And they went their way, and again about he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. This means he's going out different times of the day, and he's seeing people standing idle. He's seeing people standing there doing nothing. And he says, you want to work for a penny today? You want to work in my vineyard? Go ahead and let's get started. You go ahead and work, and at the end of the day, I'll give you what is right. So we find that then about the 11th hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? You know, I don't know if they didn't want to work the first few times he went out or if they just showed up at the 11th hour. But I believe by this statement, they was there all day long. And they just said, I, I don't feel like working today. No, I'm just going to hang out. And at the 11th hour, he sees them and he says, he, he found others that are just standing idle. And he saith unto them, why stand you here all the day idle? They say unto him, because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right. Everybody say whatsoever's right. How many knows that the Lord's going to give us whatever's right? When I get to heaven, I'm not going to worry about if you get more recognition, if you get more stars in your crown, if you get more something maybe of, of, a, of a house or a mansion. I'm just going to be glad I made it into heaven. Amen. That's all I'm worried about. I just want to get there. But he said unto him, No man has hired us. And he saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers. This is going to be at the end of time. This is going to be when the rapture takes place. This is going to be when we stand before the Lord. That's why these parables are important. Call the laborers 
And he gave them their hire beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. Everybody got the same. So this penny is not just representing a day's wage in the natural. It's talking about receiving eternal life. We find that this is important. The first came and they thought they should get more. And likewise, uh, you know, every man received a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, The last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us. I think it's interesting that jealousy happens when you agree to what you agree to. I think that it's important that we understand we're agreeing to serve Jesus. We're agreeing to do whatever it takes to get to heaven. And if the Lord desires to put somebody in a position and don't put you in it, don't get upset. This is what this penny represents. Not only does it represent getting the same that someone else that's been working hard. Somebody might say, well, I've been here ever since day one. I've been here since the foundation was poured and all that. Well, that's great. And, and God bless you for being here. But you know what? We, we got to understand we're not here by seniority. We're not here by, by what uh, maybe how we got started and what time we started serving the Lord. We're here to do something for the kingdom. And that means that if it's at the 11th hour, the 9th hour, the 6th hour, if it's 11 in the daytime, if it's the morning, whenever we have been called, we are to be about our Father's business. And I want to know, hallelujah, I want to know how to do more for Him, more for Him. And so this parable is very, very important. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thine way or thy way. I will give unto the last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? He's saying, it's my vineyard. It's my money. Don't I have the right to do as I please? That's, that's now referencing the Lord. Why would we question the Lord? Well, Lord, why did you let them have all the talent? Why are they the singers? Why are they the musicians? Why are they the ones that get recognized all the time? You know, we can't question the Lord. The Lord is doing as he pleases. He raises people up. He pulls people down. I've seen people that were so talented and anointed rise up, and then all of a sudden... The Lord just pulls them right back down because of pride and arrogance and all of those things. So with this study today, the parable of the labors, I want you to think about this as we study. The Lord has the right to do whatever He wants with His church. He can do whatever He wants. If He wants to right now, you know, surround Israel and wipe out Hamas and Hezbollah, Iran and China and the rest of the gang, he's got the right to do it. Because it's his people. Remember, we're his people. You know, I tell myself that all the time. God, they're not my people. They're your people. All I'm here to do is to preach and teach. I'm not here to make you do anything because I can't make you do anything. 
I'm not here to, to try to force you into doing something. None of these laborers were forced into labor. This was not forced labor. This was not a kidnapping and putting them into labor. They, on their own will, went into the vineyard. I think it's important that we understand that. So we're going to study today about the parable of the laborers. Everybody can understand about a garden or flowers or anything that you plant. You've got to make sure that you plant it. You get it ready for harvest. There's a time for corn to be picked. There's a time for tomatoes to be picked. There's a time for cucumbers to be picked. Times for beans to be picked. Grapes to be harvested. There's a time for everything. So when the harvest comes, you can't just sit around and say, I'll do that tomorrow. The harvest demands you do something today. That's why it's important to understand the harvest. The harvest will rot on the vine if we don't do something in reaping the harvest. Now, what does that mean? There's people that will die lost if we don't reap the harvest. If we don't go out and reap the harvest, there's going to be people that are going to grow cold and indifferent. They're going to rot on the vine. They're ready for harvest, but where are the laborers? The Bible says that, that the laborers were standing idle, and they were just standing in the marketplace. It kind of reminds me of the day we're living in when you look in some of the cities, like Morristown, Tennessee has strawberry pickers. And uh, other farms have, uh, you know, strawberries and, and uh, fields and fields of strawberries. And I'm just using this as an example. Uh, all the people will be standing around at a certain spot that want to work that day. They're not employees. They don't have a pension plan. They don't have any agreement. They don't have a contract. They're nothing but just people that want to work that day. And so they show up, and here comes the, the farmer may come by himself or he may send somebody. And they come by in the truck, and as soon as the truck stops, they start piling on. They might pile everyone in the back of the truck and be hanging on the sides to go to work that day. Because why? They want to earn a wage. They want something to live on. So they do that. I've seen it myself. I've seen it in action. It happens not only in Morristown. It'll happen in the southern states. It'll happen in other places that people just show up for that day. They're not employees. Remember, you're not an employee of the church. You're, you're, you're a servant of Jesus Christ. And therefore, you are a laborer. And so the question is, are we going to stand by idly while the Crops rot on the vine or the crops wither in the field? Or are we going to stand by and just watch it happen and say, well, I didn't feel like going out today. Remember, when a, when a farmer sees the crop is ready, he cannot afford to wait another day. He can't look and say, well, we'll get it next week. You know, when, when the hay is cut, everybody's seen hay cut. Uh, when the hay is cut and it's laying on the ground, you only have a certain amount of time to get that off the ground. And if you don't, what happens? Mold, mildew, and rot starts taking place. So you have to get it off the ground. The farmer can't say, well, I don't feel like it today. Right? Farmer can't say, well, I had something come up. 
No, the farmer's got to get on his tractor and go out and bale that hay. Because he don't have a choice. The only choice he's got is either let it rot or get it off the ground. That's the same way with the harvest today. The harvest is out there ready. But the question is, Jesus is asking, are we going to be laborers in the field? That's what he's asking. Do we want to work? Do we want a job today? Do we want to reach somebody today? Are we going to help the, the, the town of Phelps harvest the lost? Are we going to be the ones that will go out in the heat of the day and, and labor all day long and then come back? And, and if somebody just went out, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you may have been serving the Lord for 50 years and then somebody that's been serving the Lord for two months goes out and wins somebody to Jesus. Well, praise God. You know, I'm, I'm not going to look at somebody that's winning people to Jesus and say, stop that. <laughs> I'm going to say, keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Brother Jim, keep up the good work. Hallelujah. Adam is a product of what you stopped one day and let the Lord lead you to bring him to church. That's right. Harvest. Harvest. We got to look at this world. It's ready for harvest. Instead of looking at the world and say, well, that, that uh, corn is rottening on the stalk or that, uh, you know, grapes are rottening on the vine, I don't feel like going out and witnessing anybody today. No, we should be willing to say, look what Jesus has done for me. Look how he brought me out. Look how he changed my life. Look what the Lord has done. And so we find that this is interesting, that he uses a parable of laborers. Everybody say laborers. Laborers are not lazy people. Laborers are workers. They're workers. They're, they're people that work when nobody else wants to work. Laborers will work. We got people in this church that will work when nobody else wants to lift a finger. Right? And then we got people in, in jobs that I'm sure Brother Dwayne and, and uh, the rest of y'all that work. There's people, and we won't mention where he works, but there's people probably on his job that, that'll just about run over top of you to get a job done. And then you got some people that you couldn't drag to do anything because they just ain't going to work. And, and that bleeds over into the church just like it does any other thing. you got people that will break their neck to do something for the Lord. And you know what? I just step out of the way when people start doing that. The only time you see me step up and start doing somebody else's job is when they quit doing it. Right? That's right. If, if I come in and a water line's busted and ain't nobody, you know, fixed it, guess who's going? Me. If something come up electricity-wise and the plug-in ain't working or a light ain't turned on and nobody's fixed it, guess? Right? You know why? I'm a laborer in the field. You're a laborer in the field. We ought not be lazy laborers. We ought to be people that says, show me something to do or let me find something to do. Sometimes we get into that frame of mind, and I shouldn't have said it, but I did. Show me what to do. You shouldn't have to be shown. You should look around and say, you know what? Um, parking lot needs blowed off. Uh, you know what? There's a light bulb blown. I need to change that. Uh, you know what? I don't know where they keep the, the, the paper towels, but the paper towels are, are missing. 
I don't know where they keep the toilet paper, but there ain't no toilet paper in there. I doubt if you ever find it that way unless we're very, very busy with crowds of people. Because our, our cleaners and our, our people that take care of this building do a tremendous, excellent job. Amen? They do. I don't know what we would do without them. Same way with cooks. You know, we're getting ready to have a dinner, right? Well, everybody can't just show up to eat. Somebody's got to cook. Somebody's got to bring something. So it takes laborers. The laborers, though, of natural things is not what the focus is of this lesson. Because we all know you got to clean the church. you got to bring food for dinners. you got to make sure supplies are here and all that. We all know that. But the thing that we need to understand is there's other people out there that are lost. And they're waiting on you. Look at somebody and say, they're waiting on me. They're waiting on you to come to them. I remember one uh, man, he, was, he was, uh, had long hair. He, he, he looked the sight, and uh, they knocked on his door. And he opened up, and he said, what do you want? They said, and this is a true story. They said, we want to invite you to church. And he just started bawling. And he said, you know what? Nobody ever invited me to come to church. Nobody's ever asked me to do that. And so he said, when is it? And they told him, he said, I'll be right there. You know what? He became one of the best saints that church ever had until the day he died. Because somebody stopped and knocked on the door of somebody that maybe they thought can't do nothing for us, can't maybe even be a little different. But I'm going to knock on this door. And he became one of the greatest workers, one of the greatest people that if you needed anything done, he was there to do it. That's why we need to understand the parable of the laborers. Laborers are people who are workers. And they're waiting to be called upon by the Lord. But we understand that when they're called upon, we have to understand they leave where they are and go out into the harvest and begin to work. So now that all of us have been called by our Lord, now our job is to go out into the harvest. We're to go out and begin to witness to people and tell people about Jesus, how good he's been to us, come to church, get rooted and grounded in a, in a church so that you can grow. Because you can't grow out by yourself. You've got to have a church that's willing to keep watering you and keep planning in your life and keep speaking things into your life. Some people think that they can stay home and be saved. You can't do it. Now, if you're bad fast, that's one thing. If you're medically disabled to where you can't get out, that's one thing. That's why we have internet. That's why we have television broadcasts. That's why we have radio broadcasts for those people that can't, not the people that won't. We need to understand that because the Lord is looking at us. I called you out of darkness, called you out of sin. I forgave you of every sin you've ever done. Now go in the vineyard and work for me. Everyone was paid the same. The Lord doesn't make any difference with us. He doesn't, he doesn't love you more than he loves somebody else. I know some people that think, they're God's gift to the church, but they ain't. 
Some people think, well, you know, they, that church couldn't exist without me. Oh, yeah, it can. Because God's in charge, not us. This church would exist without me. This church would exist without Brother Larry. This church would exist without any of you. They would be somebody that's hungry and wants to serve Jesus. They would be somebody that would carry on. And so uh, we need to know that the laborers that were hired throughout the day, uh, they were given the same amount from the first to the last. I'm glad to know that everlasting life is waiting on all of us. Don't matter if you've been serving the Lord. How many has been uh, serving the Lord over 20 years? Look at those hands. That's a lot of years, right? How many has been serving the Lord over 10 years? There's some more hands. How many has been serving the Lord over a year? There you go. So there's more hands. So you see, there, there's, there's laborers that have started way before some of us, right? And there's laborers uh, that have just come in lately. Brother Adam's the latest laborer to come into the field. Amen. Amen. But you know what? The Lord's got eternal life for him. Woo! Amen. And who knows? He might reach somebody else and just tell them how good God's been to him. And he can reach somebody else. That's what we're called to do. We're not called just to come to church, get a position, sit down and say, well, you know, I put my time in. We're to be laborers in the field. Try to win somebody. Try to get somebody new to come. Because there's a lot of folks out there that don't know Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus, guess what? They're going to be lost. How many knows we have a need for laborers? We have a need. As born-again Christians, we know what everyone needs. We need more laborers. Now, I could say uh, to everybody here, every church faces the same problem. I don't care if they're running 4,000. They still face the same thing. They have people who are the new, what I call the nucleus, who when you call a spring cleaning, they're going to be there. When you call a, you know, a, a day of, of something else, washing the building down, they're going to be there. Um, but then you have people that just show up because they just want to be a part of something. Every church, I don't care if it's a church of 50 or if it's a church of 5,000, you still have that same thing. And you think, well, a church of 5,000, they don't have no problems. They got the best choirs and all that. No, it's, it's one headache. If you got 50 people, you got 50 emotional beings to deal with. If you got 5,000, you got 5,000. And if you think everything runs smooth in a 5,000-member church, you won't know about it until you go and join it. And then when you become a part of it, you're going to say, well, I didn't know that was going on. I didn't know they let that happen. I didn't know that. Oh, he set that one down. He put that one out of the choir. He, he wouldn't let that one play an instrument. You know why? Because it's the same way whether you're small or large. We have laborers in the field who are going to work regardless. I mean, you can call at the 11th hour, they'll show up. But let's get back to salvation. Salvation is something that I believe we're living in the 11th hour. 
I believe we're right here at the 11th hour, and I believe laborers that want to get in need to get in now because Israel is getting ready to show how that the end time events that were written way before last Saturday, not yesterday, but last Saturday, way before that proves that God's word is true and real and he's coming. So I believe that we ought to get excited about him coming. I believe we ought to stay on fire and full of the Holy Ghost. And we ought to stay strong in the Lord. Because as born again Christians, we all understand that Paul was telling the saints of Corinth, and such were some of you, but now you're washed and you're sanctified and you're justified. Some of y'all had problems, but that's gone. Some of y'all had sin, but it's gone. Now you're washed. Now you're clean. Now you're a different person. Oh, you're a laborer for the Lord. God does his part by drawing souls to him in John 6 and 44. We do our part by reaching out to them. God does his part by drawing but we got to reach out. If we will reach out and invite people to come, they'll sit on a pew, but I guarantee one thing, God will draw. He will start pulling, and he will start dealing with minds and hearts. How many remembers when you were sitting on a pew as a sinner, and the Lord began to deal with your heart? It wasn't, it wasn't the person that invited you that dealt with your heart. It wasn't, it wasn't the singing that dealt with your heart. It wasn't the preacher's charismatic attitude that caused you to want to serve the Lord. The Lord drew you. Because if he don't draw you, then we're none of his. He has to draw you. You have to feel him just pull at you. And that's why we see that, that Paul begins to tell them, you know, now you're washed and now you're sanctified and now you're justified in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. God uses our current knowledge and past experiences as tools to reach those who are hurting, those who are wounded, and those who are lost. What you went through is a, a purpose of why you went through is so you can help somebody else going through the same thing. Okay? So that means that if you know somebody that's been rejected, somebody's been put down, somebody's been left by the wayside, somebody nobody cared about, nobody loved, and you was one of those people, then now you can use that and go out and tell people, I wasn't loved. I was rejected. I was left by the wayside. Nobody cared. No man cared about my soul, what the Bible said. No man cared for my soul. You might have been in that place. You might have been a person that was sick and afflicted and the Lord touched you and you felt healing go through your body and now somebody's connected to you and they're sick and afflicted and instead of telling them, well, you know, you need to go here, 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 maybe you just need to bring them to church and bring them to an altar and say, you know what, the Lord done this for me and he'll do it for you. I don't care if you're a laborer at the beginning or a laborer at the 11th hour. God does his part. We got to do ours. We got to teach. We got to preach. We got to live the gospel. We got to live right. The world is looking at us. And, and let me tell you something. You can pull the wool over my eyes. Go ahead. It don't matter. You can pull the wool over your parents' eyes or your brother and sister's eyes. 
But you know what? You're never going to pull the wool over God's eyes. So when he sees you not doing what you're supposed to do, you're not hiding anything. You might say, well, I still sing in the choir. I still play an instrument. I still a uh, Sunday school teacher. I'm still this, that, or the other. But I'm going to tell you, be, be sure, the Bible says, your sins will find you out. I've seen people that, that it just seemed like everything was just uh, you know, going so smooth, and all of a sudden their whole life got wrecked. And come to find out, sin had entered their life. They had become more about um, you know, doing sinful acts than living holy. So we have to live right. Somebody say live right. Somebody say talk right. That's right. We got to talk right. There's times that you got to hold your tongue. There's times that you got to speak with sweetness when you really want to tell somebody off. There's going to be times that you have to just count to ten and calm down. Absolutely. Because what will happen is if you act on your first emotion, you're just going to blow up and blow out. And the next thing you know, people's going to say this, I thought they was a Christian. I thought they served Jesus. I thought they had changed. Well, you know, it, it happens. It happens. But we got we to gotta understand how important it is that we are not ones that just suddenly blurt out things. It's time for us to work. If we work, if we do more work, we ain't got time to do anything for the devil. Right? I'm going to say it again. If we find something to do for the Lord and work for the Lord, we won't have any time to do anything for the devil. So there won't be none of this, well, you know, I, I was just sitting idle. Idle mind is the, there you go, that's not Bible, but that's a good saying, right? Somebody said, oh, I know that chapter and verse. No, you don't. <laughs> There's a lot of things people says in the Bible and it ain't. But uh, we all understand that, that an idle mind is the devil's playground. If you sit around and you don't go to church and you don't study the word and you just get so wrapped up in the world, your idle mind starts thinking, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can go here. Maybe I can participate in it. Nobody will ever know. Well, let me tell you. There's one that knows everything. He's omniscient, which means he knows all. And he knows everything that we're doing and not doing. And he knows when we make an excuse if it's a, a legit <laughs> or if it's, a, if it's a frivolous excuse. You know, I, I could have made an excuse this morning. I could have made an excuse and said, well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a little tired this morning, or I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, you know, got a, a, one of my crowns came off. Let's pray for Adam. Let's pray for him right now. Jesus, you're able. Jesus, you're able. In the mighty name of Jesus right now. We ask that you would just touch our brother, Lord, that you would just take control of his nervous system and all that is affecting him right now and that you will just bring it under your power. Show your power to him, Lord. Show your power that he can be set free from this and released from this and to be touched right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. God is good.
God is good. Somebody say, God is good. Somebody give a praise. Come on, somebody give a praise. My goodness. When God's moving, when God's touching, we got to praise the Lord. Jesus, you're here. You've done mighty things for our brother. Lord, you're able right now. You're able to break everything, everything that tries to hinder, everything that has come against him. Lord, right now we believe it. Right now we agree together. Right now, Lord, right now, in your mighty name. Brother Adam, you feeling better? Brother Adam? All right. You can, you can take him on. It could be a seizure. could be something else going on, but... We know the Lord's able. I'm going to anoint this cloth and give it to you, brother. In the mighty name of Jesus, let this break this yoke of whatever seizure, whatever's going on, and that he would be made whole. And before they even get to the hospital, he will be all right and give him praise unto you. For it's in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, brother. Some of you brothers need to help him with that. Do so. This is why we need laborers. People need the Lord. They need healing. They need set free. They need deliverance. They need yokes broken. They need to know your real God. This is nothing more than what the devil would enjoy and love and rejoice in is that our dear brother is, is hindered from, from enjoying a service. But you know what? I believe God's going to touch you. I believe God's going to touch you, brother. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. They're going to help you go out to the, to the vehicle, brother. Amen. Go ahead and help him there. Just... You may have to get a chair or something like that and put him in, take him out there. Let's pray, saints. Let's pray. Come on, everybody all over the house should be praying right now. Lord, touch our brother. Lord, touch our brother. Lord, touch our brother. Lord, touch our brother. Bring healing, bring deliverance, bring help. Set him free. Lord, show your power. Lord, show healing. Let virtue flow through this house. Lord, we love you. We praise you. You're our healer. We're asking, Lord, for our brother. We're asking right now that you would just come down where he is and that you would touch him and that you would help him. Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. Lord, that you would get glory and that you would get honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. He's actually responding now a little bit. 
Jesus. Go ahead and put him in the chair and, and start to fightful with him. Or to wherever you need to take him. this morning laborers I'll work where God calls me sometimes you're called to labor in fields that you think ain't even connected to church and serving Jesus but all of us understand that there were doctors there were lawyers there were people who were tax collectors all of them was serving Jesus. And so with all that we have here this morning, we, we are thankful.
that not only do we have prayer warriors and laborers like that, it takes prayer warriors to labor. You know, people that's going to pray for you regardless. They're going to get up early in the morning and pray for you. They're going to pray for you late at night. We also need people who are just called into the work in the field to do exactly what you saw here. It's coming to the rescue of a brother or sister. Coming to the rescue. That, that's so important. It's so important that we are aware that there are people that sometimes may just need a miracle. And I would say he needs a miracle. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. These laborers were told to go into the vineyard. The vineyard belongs to the owner. Remember, the laborers nor the vineyard belongs to any public person. I will accept what God wants me to do. And that's what we should all pray is, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will accept that. And I will do that. Sometimes it's hard to see things from God's perspective. I think sometimes as we see what went on this morning, we understand that God saw this going to happen before it ever happened. And because we're all gathered here from different walks of life, different levels of maturity with the Lord, and different trainings in life, we were all gathered here for this purpose. This purpose, this morning. This purpose. I think it's important that we accept what God wants us to do. And sometimes it is hard to see things through God's perspective or eyes. The vineyard workers did not see at first what the owner was doing. They focused on the, how unfair it was that they was only getting a certain amount and somebody that was called later is getting the same amount they were. That was all they was worried about. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. A church that is full of jealousy is a church that is a graveyard. And that's why we can't let jealousy come in. This church don't allow jealousy to come in. We, we, we cut it off just as soon as we see it. Sometimes people don't understand because behind the scenes you're not seeing the full implication. All you're seeing is the results. But when we see that jealousy and strife and anguish and all these things that's working behind the scenes then we see that that church would not be nothing but a graveyard. They were focused on their own penny in comparison to someone else's penny. I want to say this in, in closing also. Don't compare your life to someone else's. Don't say, well, they got a house, I got to have a house because you're going to go in debt and never be able to pay for anything. Don't say, well, they take a cruise, I'm going to go on a cruise. Right? I know people that's actually done that. They go on a cruise, I'm going on a cruise. They go on vacation, I'm going on vacation. They buy a car, I'm buying a car. They got a new living room suit, I got to get one. I'm glad my wife was never like that. She was never the one that looked at what somebody else was getting and say, I got to have that. Because nobody can make that much money. 
we're going to accept what God gives us. You know, I don't understand why Donald Trump's a billionaire and I'm a dollar heir. <laughs> I don't understand that. But I'm glad I got a dollar. I'm glad I'm a dollar. I'm a dollar now. Sometimes it's hard to see what God is doing. And sometimes you look at God and you say, well, that just ain't fair. How many's ever had something happen in life and you say, that just ain't fair? It would be something to look and say, we all come here this morning, enjoying Sunday service, and then Brother Adam had to leave. That's not fair. But there's a reason. And we always have to understand the reasons of God may not appear fair. Because a lot of times the way that we're treated in church and the way we're treated by the Lord, the Lord blessed them, but He didn't bless me. He gave them a job, didn't give me a job. And you know what happens? If we're not careful, we'll start judging what the Lord has given us by what He's given somebody else. And the next thing you know, we're murmuring. That's what they did. They murmured and complained which means they got to the point that they just said, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right they got a penny. I don't think it's right that they get to go in. I don't think it's right that they get the blessing of, of everything. We've been in the heat of the day. That's basically what was said, that they had labored in the heat of the day. I want to read these last verses to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? In thine eye evil is thine eye evil because I am good so the last shall be first and the first last for many be called but few chosen God calls a lot of people but not everybody wants to jump in with both feet in serving the Lord and that's what this means this means that, that God calls a lot of people Few become chosen. He calls people every day. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says that to the world. He says it to everyone on a Sunday morning. But you know what? Not everybody's going to come and give their life to the Lord. Only a few. When you look at the number, it will be, a cons it will be considered a few. So I think it's important that as we look at this parable... We understand how that we can internalize this in our life and how we can say, God, teach me how to hear and respond to your voice. Teach me how to hear and respond. Everybody say respond. We got too many folks saying, I heard from God, but they're not responding on it. You know, if God tells you to do something, by all means, do it. If God tells you to go to somebody and pray for them, pray for them. If somebody tells you to, you know, speak to someone and, and, and help them understand how they need to come to church, then speak to them. You know, there's, there's pastoral duties. We understand that. We're not going to cross over the pastoral duties. But we understand we all have something to do with people in the church. Maybe someone's having a bad day and you can go and encourage them. Somebody's going through something and you can just go and pray with them. 
There's all sorts of things that we can look at. With that said, I want to close this morning. We want to continue to pray for Adam um, with the situation, um, whether it's a seizure, whether it's uh, uh, some type of stroke. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. But we do know that God knows. And we do know that God has all power. And uh, we're going to just trust him to do this, this work that needs to be done. And uh, so uh, let's pray one more time for Adam. Jesus, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, because you're our healer and our hope. And Lord, we know that Adam's heart is to serve you. And maybe you brought him this far because you know what's coming in his life. But Lord, I just pray that right now that you would just open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon him and help him, Lord, that he would be able to be set free from all of this, whether it's a neurological disorder or whether it's just something that has attacked his heart or mind. Lord, I just pray that you would move in a mighty way. And Lord, I thank you for each and every one that is here today that has prayed and and sought after the right thing to do for Brother Adam. And Lord, we give you that praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. It is a um, kind of a hard thing to do to transition from what we've seen and experienced today uh, to continue on in worship and praise, but I believe that's what we need to do. I believe we need to uh, enter into that place of worship and praise. The choir uh, singers have learned a new song. And that new song is, is ministering. It ministered to me the whole time they were practicing it. And I hope it ministered to you today. Because we got we to gotta let the Lord speak to our hearts so that we can go out and be laborers in the field. Amen. We're going to turn... To me. <laughs> Has anybody got a birthday or anniversary? All right. No birthdays, no anniversaries. We had an anniversary. Oh, oh. Well, you can do it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's your anniversary too, ain't it? Put both hands on this. You've been married all your life. There's 25, 26, 27, 28. 28 years. God's been good to you all. Amen. And I, I want to see them get 28 more. And then some. Because uh, you know what? God's got a plan. He got a plan. And we don't know the extent of every plan, but we know he has one. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep leaning upon his everlasting arms. Amen. Let's sing happy anniversary to Sister Tanil and Brother Dwayne. A happy anniversary, a happy anniversary. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy anniversary, happy anniversary. 
and the best year you've ever had. A happy anniversary, a happy anniversary. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy anniversary, happy anniversary. And the best year you've ever had. Yeehaw! Well, with that said and done, um, we want to uh, sow some seed. So if you have a, anything to give, Give it to a child, put it in that one. JJ, you've done good, but put it in that green bucket. Put it in this green bucket. There you go. Oh, they're going to work you hard today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Deacon's going to give some. You're going to take some, ain't you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. We certainly appreciate all of our kids. Let's give them a great hand. I love the Lord. He is my Savior. He is our strength. There's nothing too big for Him. The Bible says that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I would like to transition. I know this is a heavy, heavy service right now. But I'd like to transition to some praise. And I'd like to transition to some worship. Because it doesn't matter what we've been through. He's still great. He's still worthy. doesn't mean we're moving on from the situation and forgetting about Brother Adam. Not at all. He would want us to worship the Lord so that the Lord would begin to move. Somebody here needs a move of God. Somebody needed to see what happened here today. Somebody needed to know how Quickly, life can change. But oh, how I love Jesus. Let's lift up our hands and let's thank the Lord for being here this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You are worthy. You're great. We look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for the singers, musicians, Usher us in to your presence, Lord. Let us feel your power and anointing. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Oh, Jesus.
also remember a few more. Israel, Peace of Jerusalem, Sister Pam Bartley, Charles Wolford, Nicole Smith, Kaisley Hinkle, Luna McClanahan, Macon, Renee Stiltner, Sheila Sparkman, Kevin Smith, and Aline Wallace. If you have a prayer request just by the raising of your hand that you want this church to pray about, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Let's talk to Jesus. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you. Lord, you're so good to us. Lord, we can never thank you enough for waking us up this morning and letting us be in our right mind and to come to your house and be able to lift up our hands and hearts unto you. I pray, Lord, that you would touch Adam right now. Lord, you would reach down right now and that you would just restore everything that's broken in his life. Everything that has plagued his body. Lord, I just pray that you would fix it. God, it's out of our hands. You can fix it, though. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for those that have gone to make sure that he's placed in the best care medically that he could be placed in. Dear Lord, I pray that you would move for Sister Pam. That you would just take and touch her neck, Lord, and let mobility come back. Let feeling come back. Movement come back. Restore everything. Lord, we ask that you would surround Israel. That you would bring peace to Jerusalem. And Lord, all that's in the sanctuary that raised their hand, they got needs right now need an urgency or an urgent response Lord I pray that you would just move for each and every one for our faith is in you our trust is in you in the mighty name of Jesus Amen stories that have proved your faithfulness I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend there is beauty in what I can't understand Jesus it's you Jesus it's you You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I see, too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love. All the miracles we'll see, you're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. I can't resurrect a man with my own hand. But just the mention of your name can raise the dead. So all the glory to the only one. 
Don't you tell me he can't do it 
every song has been about what the Lord can do for us just believing that he can do it just trusting he can do it the last song is trusting God but before we sing that I want our ushers to come and we want to take up today's offering God's been good in this service God's already touched some folks here today Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for each and every one that's going to give. Lord, thank you for your people that have a heart to do your word. Thank you, Lord, for people that have a vision beyond the four walls. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that gives. And you get the glory from it all. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
the fire time after time born of his spirit washed in his blood and what he did for me on calvary is more than enough i trust in god my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will
changing face Just a word Suddenly I'm not afraid Cause you speak And freedom reigns There is hope And every single word you say Everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak I Quiet my heart, I'm listening Sorrows roll and troubles rage peace when I don't have the words to say I won't lose hope songs right keep your word oh and your promises will keep me safe and I don't want to miss one word you Everything you say is life to me I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see Your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You know what cannot see your ways are higher You know just what I need I trust you, Jesus You see what I cannot see I don't want to miss one word you speak
let's give the Lord a mighty hand. I don't want to miss one thing. I don't want to miss one blessing. I don't want to miss one moment in His presence. When the water began to move and was troubled, the first one that made it into the pool was made whole. We all know the story. That ought to be the ambition of all of us that I don't even want the troubling of the water to happen without me making an effort to get into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to put forth an effort to get one moment of His Spirit. He can do more in one moment than we can ever do in a lifetime. I believe the Lord has come today to bless us, but have we come to bless Him? I want us to uh, turn in the Word of the Lord. I want to look in a couple of verses here and kind of get uh, our message out to you today, realizing that today is a troublesome day, but also today is a day that the Lord wants to do something. How many knows you have to have trouble before you can have solution? How many knows you have to have a sickness before you can have a healing? And how many knows you have to have somebody in need of a miracle before a miracle can happen? So I'm expecting to hear some good news of what the Lord's doing in each of your lives. And uh, as uh, we wait on the news from Brother Adam Lane, we want to continue to pray. Turn to uh, Psalms. And we want to look in Psalms and begin reading. And I think that uh, as we look in Psalms, let's go to uh, let's go to Psalms chapter one eighteen. Psalms one eighteen. And I want to begin reading at verse number seventeen. Psalms. 118 and verse 17. If you love the Lord, say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Lord. Amen. Psalms 118 and verse number 17. I shall not die, but live. Somebody say, I shall not die, but live. That means something. You're making a statement. You're going to say, I'm not going to die in this world. I'm not going to die lost. I'm not going to die with needs in my life. I'm not going home with a dead attitude so I can't get what I want. I shall not die, but live. Live. And what are you going to do? Declare the works of the Lord. I think that's very important. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I just want to speak to us today. I refuse to let my trap become my song. Look at somebody and say, I refuse to let my trap become my song. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today, unified as your people, to hear your word and to know that you have something for us. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty, miraculous way for each and every one, that each and every one here today is going to walk out of this building and shout, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm going to get out of this situation, out of this circumstance, out of this emotional roller coaster. I'm going to have victory. I'm going to live and not be dead and I'm going to have something from the Lord today. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is good all the time. Amen. And you may be seated thought about these verses because it's important to understand that when you read something, it's more than just words on a page. Somebody went through something. Somebody was up against something. Somebody was declaring that they could come out of something. There is something that happens to a lot of people. When they find themselves in a situation, they find themselves singing about the trap they're in or the problem they have. Or what they're going through. That becomes their song. It becomes their song in the morning. When they wake up, they sing about the trap they're in. They sing about the problem they got. They sing about the situation or circumstance they're going through. It becomes their song as they lift up the problem rather than the problem solver. It becomes situations where people began to walk through this life and their song is nothing about Jesus and what he can do, but it's all about what has happened to us, what we are going through. The psalmist David knew and understood that there was going to be times when there was going to be situations where he would begin to go through some things. He would begin to be up against some things. He would find himself going through valleys and he would find himself in caves and he would find himself running from the enemy. But you know what? That did not become his song. He didn't sing and, and be left in the cave and sing his song, his last song about being in a cave. It was not a song of defeat, of how that he slew his last giant. But it was a song that the Lord is still God and the Lord is going to still let him live. I refuse to let my trap be my song because I realize today that there's a lot of people in traps. The devil sets the traps for people. They get in an emotional trap and they seemingly can't get out. They get into a trap where they feel heavy and burdened and feel overwhelmed and they feel like life is just dealing them some bad things. They live in a trap and it seems like the trap is 
becomes their song. But if we could ever get our song right, then we wouldn't be worried about the trap we're in or the valley we're going through or the mountain we're climbing. If we could ever get our song right, we'd still be lifting up the name of Jesus in the midst of a fiery furnace or in the midst of a lion's den. We would still be praising at the midnight hour in our jail cell, beat up and bruised and battered. If we could get our song right, I believe we would start to see the Lord move in greater ways. I refuse to let my trap be my song. The devil sets traps for all of you. He sets traps so that you won't praise the Lord because your trap is your song. We begin to get trapped in emotions and the next thing you know we're singing about our emotions. And I'm not talking about picking a song out and practicing with Brother Keith and then singing a song. I'm talking about what our voice does. How we sing our song matters to God and to others. Because if I can't sing a song in a strange land, if I'm going to hang my harp in a willow tree, if I'm going to go through my valley and decide that the valley is all about the song and all I can sing is about the valley, I'm going to find that I'll never see God in His greatness and in His might and in His power. I wish somebody would say, I want to see Him in His might. I want to see Him in His power. I want to see him move. I want to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see somebody renewed. I want to see somebody lifted up. I want to see somebody come out of their trap. Oh, I believe that sometimes we have to understand that we have to not let our trap become our song. We find some important things as we look in verse number 18. We find that the Lord, the Lord began to move. He began to do some things. And we find that verse 17 is just setting us up. Because the Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. This song is about what we're getting ready to go through, but it's not going to be our death sentence. It's not going to be what we sing in our last breath. It's going to be, I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. Somebody shout, I'm going to live. I am not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I am not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. The song has to be, I'm going to live because he lives. I can face tomorrow. We have to shout, the Lord may have chastened me sore, but it's not unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This is what it's all about. It's all about making sure that we are not singing the wrong song. You know, 
when the singers get up here to sing, we don't just pick out something because it sounds good. We don't pick out something because we think it's pretty. We pick out something because it has anointing and it touches and it flows and it'll change people. That's why David began to say, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. The enemy says you're through. The enemy says it's done. The enemy says it's over. But God says, oh, somebody shout, God says, I I will live and not die. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. The gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me. You see, we got to understand that there's things that we go through that if we're not careful, it becomes our song. I had a bad day at work. Everything going wrong. People just giving me a hard time and I'm glad the day's over. That becomes our song. Next thing you know, well, somebody defriended me on Facebook and now they've got something against me and I don't know if I can still go to church with them. That becomes your song. You see, we got to get rid of those bad songs and we got to start shouting, I'm going to sing a song about living. I'm going to sing a song about living. I'm not going to die. I'm going to sing a song about living. I'm going to rise up in the midst of all this and I shall live. I will not die. Oh, some are going through things right now that, that if you everybody knew, you would be so overwhelmed uh, thinking that one of your brothers and sisters is going through such a hard time as that. But we've got to not let that become our song. We can't let what happened to Brother Adam be our song. We've got to say God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is my help. God is my hope. How many knows that God is here and he is able? We shall not die but we shall live. Thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. The Bible says, O clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. When's the last time you shouted with the voice of triumph? When's the last time you really just lifted up your voice and shouted, I've got victory? How many's ever really just decided, I'm going to shout it from the top of my lungs uh, that I have triumph, uh, I have victory that comes in Jesus. Uh, I will not sing about the bad day. I will not sing about the bad times. Uh, I will not sing about how it used to be. But I'm going to sing about how I am going to live today because my God... Somebody needs to just say, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. Not today. Not today. I'm not giving up today. I'm not letting go. I'm going to live. I'm going to shout victory.
I'm going to shout triumph. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to be one that is very vocal in the house of God because I want others that are going in their valley, others that are fighting battles that would make most of us want to throw in the towel and forget about it. Yeah, happening right here in this congregation, fighting the battles of their life. But you got to not sing the song about the battle. you got to sing a song about the victory. You see, when they got on the other side of the Red Sea, they begin to sing a victory song. They begin to sing unto the Lord a victory song. When we get on the other side, uh, it's going to be worth it all because we're going to sing a song that nobody else can sing but the redeemed. Oh, somebody help me preach. We got to shout. We got to give glory. We got to want to live. The will to live is a psychological force to fight for survival, seen as important in action and process as even medicine and doctors. Some people can have the will to live, and it seems like that they defy medicine. They defy what doctors, that's why doctors scratch their head and say, I don't know why. You know why? Because they got a will to live. If we can get that will in the house of God, I'm not going to let the world destroy me. I'm going to live. I, I'm not going to let it pull me back into the worldliness and the ungodliness uh, and the things that is trying to destroy my pure walk with God. I'm going to live and not die. I refuse to let it pull me and drag me. I don't care if it's a person. I don't care if it's a position. I don't care if it's a situation. you got to cut it off and let it go today and say, I am going to live and I will not die. Sometimes people find themselves in their trap. How many knows the devil will send you people? If you're single, the devil will send you people. He'll have people knocking on your door, telling you how good looking you are, how handsome you are, and how much they've been thinking about you. I'm going to tell you something. Just because something knocks on your door don't mean you have to let it in. I'm going to help somebody. Just because the, the thing is happening all around you and, and the devil's setting a trap, you don't have to step in it. You don't have to walk in it. You can sidestep that trap and sing a song of victory. You can lift up your voice unto the only one that has ever done you any good. You can lift up your voice this morning to the only one that ever made you what you are. You've got to wake up this morning and say, I'm going to lift up that name. I'm going to live and not die. So we ask the singers to come back. I thought about this. thought about how important it is to live and not die. How important it is to sing to sing unto the Lord. I may believe the Lord ought to be your song. Amen. He is my song. The Lord is my strength and song. And He has become my salvation. He is my God. 
And I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. This is in Exodus. Talked about the Lord is my strength. Your strength don't come from your own being. It doesn't come because you're somebody that has figured life out. Strength doesn't come from a good job. Strength doesn't come from money. Strength doesn't come from position or power. But strength comes from the Lord. The Lord is my strength. Say that with me. The Lord is my strength. I got to sing a song. The Lord is my strength. I can't let my trap become my song because if I just sing about the valley, I'll drag other people down in my valley. If I just sing about the floods... All the people would just be down in the floods being swept away. If I just sing about the things that I can't deal with no more. And that becomes our song because our song is what we tell everybody else. Our song is what we say to our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones. Our song is what they hear from us at work. Our song is what they hear when we call them on the telephone. What is our song? Is it about our trap? Or are we going to sing that song, I'm going to live and not die? The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. You're here today and